0: Wow, this is so awkward. (laughs) Just sitting in a car by myself. Yes, I am recording these podcasts in my car. I know, that's weird. But that's kind of what this is about, dude. It's a car chat. We're having a conversation together. But this is still odd. (laughs) I'm used to doing this with Laura or Cole or Mel or someone. Or Megan. And... Sitting here trying to tell you about my life story, it's almost awkward, you know? Like, I guess I haven't really talked to many people about my full life story, and it feels kind of odd to talk to a phone that is recording my audio as I speak to my steering wheel. But I guess it's got to happen. I think I got to tell you a little bit about my story, mainly so you can get a little bit of insight about where I'm coming from. I believe that everyone has a unique and beautiful story that honestly is the reason that they have become who they are today. You know, if you think about it, we all go through different periods of our lives where we learn different things. And, you know, I feel like in order for you guys to truly, um, Relate to me on this podcast. I really need to just fess up and tell you my story as best I can. <laughs> so, um, where to begin? I guess uh, I'll tell you a little bit about my family. So, I am the oldest of two—a younger brother and a younger sister. I am raised in a upper middle class household. Um, my father's always had a very stable job. My mom used to be a mental health therapist, which I like to think is part of the reason why I have such a fascination with mental health, other than the fact of my own personal experiences. Um, But they raised me in a very protected environment. And though I appreciate a lot of the protection, um, it was difficult when I finally, it was difficult when they couldn't protect me anymore, you know? So, all throughout elementary school, I kind of grew up in a very protected, happy household. I've been very privileged and lucky in that um regard, but then the downside of such a of such a secure upraising is that when you meet the world, the world slaps you across the face <laughs> um, You kind of realize that it's not all rainbows and unicorns as you thought it has been for the past few years and it hit me really hard when I, f- I feel like I emerged into the world. It hit me really hard. Um, we're talking about middle school, probably definitely sixth grade. The transition was hard enough combined with um, just, my, just puberty and my lack of understanding of who I was in the world. Sixth grade became a very, very difficult time in my life. And I'll admit, I fell into a very, very deep depression. I really questioned my existence. And it seems so odd. Like, being 19 and reflecting on my little 13-year-old self, like, how could I possibly have felt the feelings I was feeling back then? It's almost like I try to discourage that. Like, there's no way you could have possibly been that depressed, Alex. But... I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how else to describe it. You know, like back then I would wake up and I didn't, I had no motivation to get out of bed. There was nothing to live for. I felt like my life had no meaning. You know, my friends in my view, um, had forgotten me, although that was very much false. I had the illusion that I had no friends. Um, my family, I was very, I was very not nice toward my family. I blamed them a lot for the reason why I was so upset, and it caused me to retaliate in many different immature ways. Honestly, I was a little bit of a rebel kid at that time. You know, I was I was pretty rude to my parents, and looking back, I regret it now. Um, although I do see the reasoning for it at the time, I kind of. It seems kind of silly. (laughs) Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Oh, that's the terrible year we don't talk about, but. But so sixth grade was so, (laughs) it's, it's so weird looking back at middle school because in middle school, it seems like your entire life is, is middle school, you know, like you feel like being cool or being popular, wearing the right thing, fitting in, it all seems like it is the most important thing in your entire life. And at the time, maybe it is, but looking back, it just seems silly because I really don't remember much about middle school. Maybe that's a coping mechanism. (laughs) I mean, there's not much good that happened in middle school. Like I said, that depression was real and it lasted quite a few months. Actually, all of my grades dropped. I stopped eating. Um, I didn't really talk to anybody. I had a a huge fear at the time too, which kind of made the depression worse because I felt guilty for my irrational fear. And all of that combined was overwhelming to me, and it got to the point where I really didn't see a reason for living. And though I didn't do anything, um, I didn't do anything serious with that feeling. Luckily, um, it was very real for me. And I, I feel so dumb saying that now, like I say it so lightly. But at the time, it was so real for me. there's there was nothing in my life that made me want to live and i guess if you've been there you can relate to that and if you haven't been there it just sounds stupid but i guess that's the only way i can say it you know and eventually eventually that got better although a lot of that still remains today a lot of the doubt um and depression you know, tendencies still exist in me today, which I still struggle with. But I like to think that a lot of the reason I got out is because of the youth group I was involved in. Um, they were truly the most supportive environment that I had ever experienced. It was a group of boys um, at my youth group called Elevate. We called ourselves the Dive. We were a dive group rather, but those people in that group, I. I feel really brought me back and pushed me in the right direction. And looking back that I feel like there was nothing else that could have brought me back. You know, my, my faith was reborn from them just showing me that I was loved. You know, my, my life had a little bit more meaning, you know, they, they told me that I belonged there and they wanted me to be there. And having those people in your life is something I think is so critical you know, in those worst moments, when there's, when it seems like there's nothing for you, when somebody tells you with all the most, the most genuine and grateful look in your eye, and they tell you repeatedly that you matter to them, there's something so special about that. You, it, it overwhelms me just thinking about it. Like, <sighs> I don't know. I, I guess I'm rambling, but at the end of the day, these people brought me back and um, gave me a little bit more of a purpose. I think, you know, I kind of, on, on the other side of all that depression and anxiety, I realized that, you know, it was hell. It was, it was terrible. And I don't want anyone to ever, ever feel that, you know, on the other side, I was like, why should anyone have to go through that? And I cursed the world that put me through it. I cursed the people that made me feel that way. And I was lucky that it didn't turn me sour. I really am so blessed in so many ways for how I came out of it, because it honestly made me stronger. And it gave me the direction to help people struggling with that sort of thing. And I still I still do that today. And all, although I still do struggle, you know, and I still have to reach out to the good connections I have, it, it gives me meaning and it gives me, it makes me happy knowing that people can come to me and I can pour into their life and make them I can be the youth group that reached out to me. I can be that for other people, you know. That makes me feel really special. But anyway, so going into high school, um my life was I I still struggled with fitting in. I've always struggled with fitting in and The beginning of high school was especially difficult for me because the cliques had kind of solidified and I kind of realized I didn't belong to any of them. (laughs) I I had friends in all of them and I'd jump sometimes, but I I never really felt like any of those people really wanted me to be there. I never really felt like I belonged. I did have my youth group, which, again, supported me, but it was difficult because I felt like I was leading two different lives, you know, like I was putting on a mask. I would go to youth group and I would be what I felt was my true self, where I was happy and I had genuine deep conversations with people. And then I'd go to school and pretend for people, pretend for people that really didn't care about me at the end of the day to try to fit in. And it really didn't work. And again, a little bit of confusion going on there. And I feel like it wasn't until 11th grade was a good year for me. 2019 was a good year for me. Um, another thing that resulted from the, um, just the depression and the new, the new push I got after it was my drive to do well in school, you know, cause it gave me meaning. If I got a hundred on a test, it gave me worth and value, you know? And so I attributed my worth and value to my grades and I pushed myself like hell to perform well. And I did, I ended up doing very well in my classes and, I don't know. I I always sought to do to push myself to be better. I I wanted to be the best version of myself for many of the wrong reasons actually. Because I felt like if I wasn't the best version of myself, then I wasn't worth much at all. And so this drive and this push eventually paid off in 11th grade uh for me where it's, it seems like the apex of high school honestly because senior year <laughs> kind of didn't happen because of corona so eleventh grade a lot went well for me and honestly my self-esteem flew through the roof and i I believe I actually became pretty arrogant um in many different ways too which saddens me because obviously I don't want to be that way but eleventh grade worked out really well for me and I was very happy and um Eventually twelfth grade came along, you know. And uh we're talking the beginning of the year before corona was really a big thing. And the the college, you know, the college push started happening. Let's apply to all these colleges and whatever. And uh me being my overachieving self, who always throughout all of high school pushed to be the best version of myself. Um, by then I had built a pretty solid resume, I'd like to think. Um, so I was pretty confident about my college applications. You know, I applied to a couple of IVs. I ended up applying to 10 colleges in total. I had wanted 16 originally and I <laughs> uh, had to dim it down to 10, which was a lot for me. And frankly, I became very overwhelmed um, because I, I I like to think I put my heart and soul into those applications. You know, like I put four years of effort plus, you know, of really dedicated grades and, time and energy and emotion into getting into these colleges and then it all relied on how I you know how I showed myself to these colleges on these college apps so you know that was a lot of pressure for me I I felt like it was the culmination of all my worth of the past four years and what ended up happening well I guess I guess I don't want to skip too fast but I applied to all these colleges it was a lot of stress um in that stressful time is when car chats became a really, really popular thing because I'd go to school and I'd grind and then I'd come home and I'd do college apps. And then at like eleven o'clock at night I'd call Laura and say, Dude, I need to I need a break. Like I just need to get away from all of this. And so we would, and we would talk um in our cars at eleven thirty at night <laughs> till uh well, not always eleven thirty at night, but we would have conversations that honestly challenged the way I was thinking of myself, you know, um, Laura challenged me in ways that I had never challenged myself. And she made me realize things I had never seen in myself. And card chats became this really therapeutic and beautiful thing that honestly, I looked forward to because they were sometimes the peak of my day, you know, especially living in in New York, where it's cloudy in the wintertime every day, you need a little bit of sunshine. And Laura was that sunshine for me um, our conversations always helped me realize and put in perspective myself, you know, Laura is very similar to me. So we would be able to give advice to each other and recognize that the advice that we were giving to the other was just as applicable to ourselves. Um, so when I would say something like, uh, you should, this is something going on in your life, Laura. Um, I see this happening. And then I'd, I'd take a step back and be like, wow, Alex, that's the same problem you're struggling with right now. And at the end of the day, these these conversations were a lot of the reason why I ended up being okay at that time. You know, I'd consider, honestly, the beginning of senior year another little bit of a low for me, um, but definitely good conversations with Laura and Car Chats put it through, which again is a lot of the reason why uh, this is named Car Chats, because of... conversations Laura and I had, and my desire to share that with you, like I am right now. Oh, this is long. Anyway, uh, let's shorten it a little bit. Um, Corona happens. That sucked. Uh, I think it sucked for every high school senior, so I don't think I'm anything special in that regard. Um, But then it also sucked because Corona happened, and then I got all my denial letters, Turns out I was denied from 9 out of my 10 colleges. And, well, okay, I was denied from 7, waitlisted to 2, and accepted to 1. Uh, I was eventually accepted to um, the ones I was waitlisted to, but by then it was too late. But that was a humbling experience, let me tell you. My The prior year's ego that had really... Blown up because of all of my accomplishment was really put to rest there. And again, you know, like it's I had built myself this beautiful castle, this gorgeous castle of a resume and this hard work, all to establish my worth, you know. But I built it on sand. <laughs> I built four years of dedicated hard work on sand, and it crumbled in a month, completely crumbled. And I was heartbroken. I I really was, and. I, I don't know how else to describe it besides it was it felt like four years of work down the drain, you know? And not to diss the college I'm going to right now, but it wasn't my first choice at all. It was actually one of my backups. And um it was I don't know. It was difficult for me. And I don't I guess I don't know how that makes me sound. It it was in my mind. I see myself as a person who needs to work really hard to be valued. And so I work really hard. And when I don't see that value pay off, um, it hurts me, you know. It it sucks. And it sucked seeing my work go to pretty much nothing. And uh, it made me question a lot. And I was going to take a gap year, and corona really was not allowing that. It also, you know, at this time I kind of realized that maybe college isn't the best option for me. Maybe all these years of grinding and doing well in classes was all a cover-up for some other real passions I'd had. Because I learned around then that I really loved to travel. Like, I love talking to people. I love being with people and helping people. But I also love traveling. So why can't I find a way to combine the two of those? That ended up not working out, obviously, as I am at college right now. But uh, eventually, I would love to travel. I think that would be a fantastic thing. End of senior year, um, probably. So, believe it or not, Corona has been a you know it's been a curse. Obviously, it sucked. It ruined my entire senior year. Um, I didn't get to have anything that I expected to have, and I missed out on some of the most ama- amazing memories um, that most people have. But I also gained something so valuable um laura and laura and then cole megan and mel and i ended up getting together um, around april or something like that and uh we ended up hanging out a little bit and eventually we started calling ourselves the corona boys and (laughs) i mean obviously that name is because we um met each other we hadn't really met each other i knew cole for a while he was actually from my youth group way back when and megan and mel went to school with me but eventually we all got together and realized that like wow we have an amazing bond and we grew so close so quickly and honestly they're probably the best thing that's ever happened to me i (laughs) i cannot even begin to express the amount of love i have for those people in fact i'm actually quarantined right now And, uh, they just came to my house singing Christmas carols and they gave me, um, they gave my family presents and honestly, it made my night. And that's just a little bit of an insight into how amazing these people are, you know? And so over the summer, you know, we took trips and we traveled and we had fun. And I mean, all while, you know, Corona's all going on here, but we made the best out of it. They, they made me feel so special in a real way. You know, they showed me that I can be loved just for being myself. And way back when, you know, I had always been faking it. Back in middle school, I faked it. And, you know, I felt like I wasn't loved. And eventually, you know, my youth group showed me that I was loved and I didn't need to fake it. And I realized with the Corona boys that I had begun to start faking again, you know, but they showed me that that I'm loved just for being myself, again. That's, oh, it means so much to me to have people like that in my life. And I recognize not everybody has those people in their lives. And it makes me sad, you know, because there's something to be said about knowing that no matter what you do, no matter how you screw up, no matter, you know, what you say or what you do or if you have a fit or if you're upset or if you're having a bad day, that, that there's someone that loves you at the end of the day. You know, that is something incredible. And that is something I haven't always felt like I had, even though I, I always have had a loving family. um. But I never, I feel like, I feel like I haven't always felt that. And feeling that now i recognize it's something that everyone needs to have like at, at a deep level we need to feel like we were accepted and loved deeply for who we are you know and i feel like in this world where we push this perfect look you know like you need to your your worth your value is directly tied to how you look on instagram you know if you post a good looking photo with you wearing all this makeup and all this fancy stuff, you'll get a bunch of likes. And if you don't, then you won't. And that means that people like you only when you wear that mask. And when we have this structure in our world that tells us we're only worth something if this, it's kind of sad because we know that, that there's more to us than just when we're wearing the mask. How could someone possibly love us when we're not wearing the mask, when we're not being ourselves? How can someone possibly see all the mess that I am and still love me? Honestly, that that's a question I, I ask every day, you know, and I ask that both in a friend sense and in a um faith sense, too. And it's just it's a question I feel like a lot of people struggle with, you know, because we're we see every little mistake we make. And I feel like we need to understand that there are people in our lives that still love us even with these mistakes. You know, a good example are our parents. Um, A lot of us are lucky enough to have supportive parents. And even though, I know I'm so guilty of this, um, we may not always see that love. Many of us are lucky enough to actually have that love, and we do need to recognize that and be grateful for it because there are many people that don't have that love. And having that love is a privilege. The other thing to recognize too is that if you're listening to this, then you also have me, you know? Because like I said before, I hate 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 the idea of one of my friends not being okay. I know what it's like to not be okay. At least at a at a fairly Complex level. I know there. There, are, I've talked to people that have been way deeper than me, and um, and I recognize that that's that's terrible, you know. But I want you to understand that, regardless of your position, regardless of what's going on in your life, you know, you have someone to talk to at the very least. That is me, and I'm not claiming to be anything amazing. You know, I say a lot of the wrong things at a lot of the wrong times. I'll be the first to admit that. But it's still something, I guess. (laughs) I'd be willing to listen. I'm willing to talk. And I guess maybe now seeing my, hearing a little bit about my past, you can understand a little bit about where I'm coming from. You know, why I'm really doing this podcast I, I know what it's like to be down in the valley I also know what it's like to be up on the mountain I've been privileged and lucky and and I have been gifted with the opportunity to see both you know to see the good stuff and the bad stuff and um I've also been gifted with a lot of the opportunities to cope with both of those in appropriate ways I guess that's really why I'm doing this podcast. You know, I want to be able to be any amount of support that you may need. And I want to be able to help you. I want to be able to show you love and yakety yakety yak. I'm going to keep going on about this, (laughs) but I guess, I guess there it is. You know, that's, that's my story right there. I feel like some of you probably knew parts of it. Some of you probably knew all of it. Um, for what it's worth, there it is. And, uh, I'm not I'm not saying, obviously I'm not saying that because I want any pity or any, um, you know, support or anything like that. I'm really just trying to make sure that we establish a deeper connection from the get-go. Because in order for you to take anything that I'm saying seriously, I want you to know where I'm coming from. And With that, um, I want you to know, like I said, I love you. I'm here for you. And uh, if you need anything, just reach out to me, you know. You have me on social media, Alex J. LeClaire. Pretty much everything, actually, at this point. But, um, reach out. I got you. God bless everybody. Love you all.